When aspects of a complex case exceed your personal expertise, you bring in a co-counsel to add the specific insight your firm needs for next-level results. Marketing in the legal industry requires complex strategy and insight far beyond anything you learned in law school. Want more for your law firm? Time to bring in a marketing co-counsel. Welcome to CounselCast. I'm your host, Karin Conroy, your marketing co-counsel. In every episode, I discuss marketing topics with experts who answer your questions and help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hi, my name is Pete, and well, I do two things really. I am a digital agency owner here in the UK. If you couldn't tell from my accent, I'm, I'm based in England, and I run a digital agency here called So. And I also run a productized white label SEO service that helps digital agencies build forms of recurring revenue into their businesses by helping them serve SEO, basically giving them SEO services to, to resell to their clients. So that is what I do. That's awesome. And I'm going to actually add your last name because it's Pete Everett. And D- doesn't the world know me as Pete? I, I mean, <laughs> some people do. I do. I definitely do. <laughs> I feel like I'm throwing your name around my house all the time. We're, we're just kind of talking about Pete, me and you know my whole family. We just are talking about you all the time. So this is going to be a good one. I feel like we have a lot to talk about and we're going to probably have to edit it down just because there is so much to be said about this topic of SEO, but also this idea of recurring revenue and just all of these different things that go into the foundation of building a good business. So Mm -hmm. let's first start with SEO because I feel like that's the bread and butter of, first of all, how you and I connected and how we kind of know each other and work together. So here's our big question is, what is the mystery of SEO and how do we consider the timeline of results? Okay, so I mean, SEO is this massive topic, which... If you, you don't have to go back too far in history to find that SEOs don't really have a very good reputation. Because traditionally, SEO was, you know, a company will take your money, go and buy a load of links off some dodgy website somewhere that you don't really know where they're, what they're doing or where they're coming from. And then send you yeah. a report each month that says, hey, look at what we've done. Aren't, how great are we? What, you know, just give us exactly. more money. That's That's all we need you to do. And there's still companies like that. I mean, I have definitely come across companies that still do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It, and I hasten to add, neither of my companies are companies that do that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Not, not, not Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in essence, SEO is really just playing the game of that Google has set out in front of you. And I know there are other search engines out there and people will use Bing because it's buried in every start menu on a Windows computer and all those kind of things. But actually, Google is the world superpower in this. So whether you love them or hate them, they're the yeah. ones that are really setting the playing field for it. Historically, or mythologically, or whatever the word is, there are 512 different parts to the SEO algorithm. Now, helpfully, Google doesn't tell you what they all are, and they don't tell you how they all work, and they don't tell you how each one is weighted. So some, we do know that some... doesn't seem very friendly. Like, I feel like they're not really, they don't really care about our relationship. Oh, no, no, they don't. You know, this is purely a one-sided thing. And then they do really awkward stuff. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit. (laughs) Well, then they also do this really awkward thing where they, nearly every year, they produce an update on New Year's Day. So as an SEO, (laughs) I go back to work after having a lovely, relaxing Christmas to every client going, what's going on with my website? And and I hate it. Not a very it. nice Christmas present. I, <laughs> no. I really feel like they just are destroying our relationship. It's yeah. not nice at all. 
So, so here, there you go. There's the, there's the title for the show. Our relationship with Google, a one-sided story. <laughs> They're kind of narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's no give and take. They just take. For some reason, I don't think that's really newsworthy, though. It's, that's not like headline news, that, that somehow Google is n- narcissistic, the leader of our basic online world. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead right. You're dead right. So if, if you just stand back for one minute and think about, I, well, I know we're joking about it, but think about how Google makes money. So Google is is a business, whether, whether you like it or not. It's a business. It's there to make money, and it makes some people very rich. And the way right. it does that is by selling advertising. So it's really an advertising company, not a search company in that respect. And it it sells advertising to the four people who rank, who pay to be at the top of every search results page. So, you know, they run a program called Google Ads and you you can create ads. Anybody can go and pay to be at the top of a search term as long as there's enough volume for ads to be running. It's then a bidding war for people to appear in those top four results. The way that Google can charge the most money to appear in those top four results is to make sure that the 10 results that are underneath that are the best possible results that they can be. So by doing SEO in inverted commas, what you're actually doing is helping Google make money by selling advertising. That's really what you're doing. I know that sounds terrible and you'd say, well, why would I help another business do it? But the reality is they get so much traffic to some of these terms. This is what people do. I mean, it's even in the expression now, I'm going to Google this. Right. Nobody says I'm going to Bing, I'm going to go Bing this or I'm going to go Yahoo this. (laughs) You know, absolutely like, You're going to do what? That sounds a little profane. I'm not (laughs) sure what you're talking about. (laughs) But but that, in the essence, is what you're doing. So you're you need to play their their games largely, in a sense, their advertising game, in order that they can charge the most money and, and earn the most money off the people that are are showing advertising. That, that's quite a long way round of saying. But actually, when we're doing SEO for people, we then start to look at things like cost per click data in line with organic SEO because actually they're intrinsically linked with inside Google. Um, and that's not to say we recommend that people run ads for every keyword that we we look at. But if you're splitting hairs between keywords that are very similar or you're looking at, I don't know, conversion rates or, or terms that may convert better than others, we're going to talk in a minute about how SEO is a longer term game. But if you look at the cost per click data, the, the paid data, you can bet your bottom dollar that the terms that have more money behind them that are cost more essentially to, to bid for, they're the ones that are actually seeing conversions. They're the ones that people are inquiring on or purchasing on or whatever the conversion mechanism at the end is at the end of them yeah it's like when you go into the store and you see there's a clearance rack and you go back there thinking i'm gonna find this perfect thing that i'm looking to wear and it's going to be on clearance well probably not the things that were not sold are over there on the clearance rack and the thing that you really wanted that was the prime high in demand popular whatever it is you're looking for, it's probably already gone because everybody's like went for it when it was in demand and they spent the full amount for that. The stuff that's left over and nobody really wants and doesn't fit quite right and is in the ugly colors, that goes over on the clearance rack. And those are the kind of leftover, you know, ad campaigns that nobody else wants. But the ones that are selling the most and making the most money are the ones that work and the ones that everybody wants. So of course, those are going to be higher value. That's that's exactly it. And that normally means that from an SEO point of view, they're also going to be the ones that are slightly harder to rank for. Now, this is where it then where you maybe need to start thinking about who you're pick who you pick your fights with a little bit more 
intelligently, let's say. So, you know, if you're selling shoes and you're up against people like Nike and Adidas, the reality is that it's going to be a lot harder for you to take pick the fight with them than it is going to be to do you know your local high street shoe shop for example that's not to say that you shouldn't bother and you shouldn't try but when people ask the question how long does seo take that's the discussion essentially that we need to have is so it's not just in order for you to appear on page one you have to then displace somebody that's already there because there's only 10 results so in order for you to be there at least one person has to drop off that page in order for your your listing to appear so how are you going to bring it's not going to be nike nike is going to make sure that they continue to fight and own that position no matter how much you're spending yeah so i feel like that is Probably the most common question I get is, how long is this going to take? Aside from how much is this going to cost, how long is it going to take? And when can I start to see those results? And usually what I kind of say with a disclaimer of, this is going to sound like a non-answer, but this is really the only answer that you should hear, is that it really depends. Until we do all that research and figure out who you're up against, where you are, what the main keywords are that we're going after, and figure out what's happening in your specific marketplace, we can't have that answer. And so anybody that's giving you that answer is just kind of pulling it out of thin air and hoping you're going to buy it. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head. So the way we do that is your website, even if you've put no SEO effort into it whatsoever so far, your website does have an SEO value. We call it a domain authority. And that's it, it's literally a percentage score. And so whether you've done work on it before or whether you you haven't, you have that value and you can search for a domain authority checker and put your domain name in and and you can get the score very easily without without any kind of scientific knowledge or, or anything like that. So the way we then translate that domain authority is that then gives us a benchmark of the terms that you are already ranking for and what their difficulty scores are. So when we run keyword research for you or your business, we will then include the the keyword difficulty level, so the, the percentage of difficulty for each keyword. And if we know that your domain is already ranking for, I don't know, let's say terms between 20 and 25% difficulty, then we can very easily look at this list of keyword and say, right, well, there's terms on here that are 20, 25, 30% difficulty that we know you're going to rank for relatively easily. Now, that there's more factors to it than just say, oh, well, I rank for 25 over here, so I'm going to rank for 25 over there. But we know that you're already playing in that ballpark or on that playing field. So with we can generally start to see results with, with those terms within within a couple of months, two, three months, and, and you will start to see some regular listings for those terms. Of course, if we know that you're ranking between sort of 20 and 25, and then instantly you want to start banging in keywords that are difficulty of 70% or higher, we're just not going to get anywhere near the near page one straight away. It's going to take a lot of time to build up your authority, to build up your reputation with Google, to build up the background of content you need and backlinks and site health and all of these different things in order to get you to rank in a meaningful position for those terms. So you bang on by saying, and are there any shortcuts? I feel like there's so many firms that that sell this as what I perceive as snake oil, but are there shortcuts to that? I mean, is pay-per-click a shortcut to like boosting your domain authority where it would normally take, let's say six months and you can do it with pay-per-click in two months? I mean, it it doesn't seem like that logically plays out, but you know, those are the questions I get all the time. Is there a shortcut? Can I just speed this process up in, in some way? What do I need to do? Can I just throw money at it? you know, what needs to happen? So to answer your question about pay-per-click, Google 
is quite open and quite public about the fact that there is technically no relationship between pay-per-click and organic search listings. So you, you can't pay for something and expect the payment to then increase your organic listing. And if you think about it from, from what I said about how Google makes money, that would make no sense because otherwise you'd have the four people paying to be at the top and then when their listing got to position one, they'd just switch their ad off because they're already in position right. one and then the next person would come along and all of a sudden they'd be being pushed out of the organics because of somebody paying. So it doesn't actually make sense for them to do that. However, so Google knows all, sees all, feels all. Actually, it doesn't <laughs> feel all, does it? It's completely amoral. We, we <laughs> no. covered that earlier. So, but no, <laughs> Google hears all and sees all, essentially. And so Google doesn't only see what happens on your on the search results, but by far the biggest analytics platform out there is Google Analytics. So they then see what people do when they're on your website. So while somebody may come in through paid media, they then also get data about, so how long is that person staying on your website? How many pages do they click on? How far do they scroll? How much do they read? How much do they watch? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, all of those things do have an impact on your organic search. So whilst the initial click through on a particular term to a particular page might not have any direct benefit, the the actual fact that you've got more traffic on your website and that traffic is behaving on your website that actually does have a a, a small benefit to to what you do but but you can't just switch it off like you said earlier you can't just use that as like this boost get it up to this thing switch it off and think that that's going to sustain no 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 it, it doesn't work like that it's 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 a marginal benefit it's it's more like a consequential benefit than an actual kind of strategy for for doing it and if if anybody's trying to base their seo strategy like that please stop now and just just ring either me or karen because that, that's not going to work you know we, we can save you a lot of money in a very short phone call let me put it that way so to ask about whether there's a shortcut to it uh, or to answer that the reality is it's about doing all the unsexy stuff so, you know, everybody thinks of SEO and how great it will be to create, we're going to create content, we're going to spend our time creating content and we're going to, we're going to do, you know, um, all of these fabulous things with video and we're going to do this, that and the other. And they're all great for SEO, don't get me wrong. That's it. When yeah. you get there, they are exactly where you need to be. However, you need to sort out your site health first. So your site health yeah. is literally a percentage. It's a, a percentage score. If you don't address that, if you don't get your site health to be the best it can be, and by the best it can be, I mean into the 90%, then yeah. essentially everything else you do is limited because when Google then sees all this new content that you generate or these new videos or whatever, they see those things on a page that has a site health of 52%. And instantly right. any benefit that you've got is halved or thirded or whatever it might be so it is about you know making sure that your pages are structured properly making sure that your navigation works properly making sure that you have appropriate terms in your title tags making sure you know what a title tag or an h tag or a paragraph tag is and it's not sexy stuff but actually by correcting that you give yourself the best platform to get the most bang for your book moving forward Exactly. You've kind of backed into what my next question was, was where to start with SEO. And this is the part that nobody wants to hear is that, but it makes the most sense. It's like starting any kind of marketing plan without any strategy or any plan and, you know, laying out your groundwork and getting all those baseline measurements and not knowing where you really need to go. And and this is where everything has started with any project that we work on, any, any project or, or client we work on, you 
first take all of these measurements and go into the site and evaluate its health and the security and the performance and all of these things. And it's like if you go to work out and you're exercising like crazy, but then you're only eating like burgers and fries, like you are never going to get great results if you're only doing one piece of the puzzle. And it's not even one piece of the puzzle. It's like you're working on an unhealthy platform to begin with. And so, like you said, it's limited. So the first thing you need to start with before you do any of these campaigns or throw money into it or do anything with SEO is this evaluation. And so what are those three kind of areas that you usually start with with that evaluation that kind of talk about like, you know, the the health, overall health of the site? Yeah, so in the UK, we have a thing called an MOT test, which is something that you do for your car every year to make sure that it's roadworthy, basically, for the next year. Yeah. And when you have an MOT done, the report that you get is broken into three sections. So you have failures, which are the things that it's failed on, obviously, and you need to make sure there are none of those. Then you have a section called advisories, which are things like, I don't know, your, your tires are approaching the legal limit or your brake pads don't have enough depth left in them or whatever it whatever is on the advisories. So they're generally things that will become failures in a year's time when the car returns if they're not addressed in the in the in the next year and then you have well and then of course then when you're paying the bill the the mechanic sort of tells you things like oh yeah well you know this was your thirty thousand mile service the next one's going to be whatever so our seo reports work a little bit like that so we have a thing called errors which are the the failures of the site they're the things we have to clear regardless they we have to get that number to zero once you get that number to zero you can then be a little bit more free and flexible you can start moving on to some of the non-sexy stuff no the more sexy stuff you know what i mean the the, better, the more fun stuff <laughs> I, I i can't believe how many times i've said the word sexy now on your podcast it's, it's becoming a bit strange the- well maybe we should change the title to the sexy side of seo <laughs> <laughs> that could get some good traffic in i feel it, like it'll that's get some good traffic that hasn't been covered <laughs> it'll get some good traffic in only to find out that i spent the first 15 minutes talking about the unsexy side of it which nobody wants to know about so then they have to be patient that's that's <laughs> yeah. the lesson you have to be patient and then you get to the sexy stuff yeah absolutely good things come to those who wait so then we have uh, this thing called warnings so they're like the advisories so they they don't need to be done but we do want to sort of re- keep those as low as we possibly can and then there's a thing called notices which and they're the nice things that the mechanic tells you so we can we can tell you how many requests there are on the server and all those kind of stuff it, it doesn't make any difference to your seo what they are so with every site that we work on we we do this seo health check this seo audit where we we present these things back to the client and we we then go to fix as many of them as we can and we start obviously with the errors and then we work through the warnings and then if there's anything in the notices that needs our attention we we do scan through them but we we don't do a lot with those to be honest and do you see that there's a lot of people that don't even go through those kind of audits and checks before they even get started like they just jump in and you know oh yeah start yeah yeah it seems like that's a waste of time you're you're cutting yourself off at at the knees by not addressing those things to to begin with yeah that's 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 exactly it and it's because people want to get onto the the fun side of this which is the generating of the content and the the seeing the results come in and when am i going to get some leads and when when's this going to happen and when's that going to happen you know the reality is that every as i said earlier everything you try and do if you haven't addressed your site health you are just doing that with a seatbelt on. That's that's yeah. the top and the bottom of it. And you're actually making our life harder and you're making your life harder by not addressing those things first. So the thing that's really cool, actually, about doing this 
unsexy SEO health check stuff is that we often find that when we're working with clients, we'll just do the health check. And then because the site is healthier, their existing rankings will increase. And we actually haven't done any of the cool SEO stuff yet. We've just made your site work better. We've just made that engine work more cleanly. We've made your site play that Google game within the rules a bit better and hey presto and companies will say to us you know you know we've, we've been on page three for that term for years and we're we're on page one okay you might be in position eight or something you're at the bottom half yeah. but you're on page one and we actually haven't done anything that's kind of visible yet which and i find that really cool yeah well that is cool and it it just makes so much sense and i feel like that's that's where a lot of our conversations are really really educational for me especially because it's logical. Whereas, uh, you know, where we were starting with this conversation is there is this sort of mystery and snake oil and sort of, you know, really think kind of approach to SEO that I think a lot of people steer away from because they worry that it's either fake or they don't understand it or there's these bad salespeople out there. But it's it's confusing. They're getting different messages. And it shouldn't be that hard. Like, it just seems like there are certain things that need to be done that make sense, that are logical, and you're playing the game with Google, you're going through these sequence of logical steps, and then the next most logical thing is, let's say you've got the site up and healthy and it's running, then it seems like the next strategy when it comes to SEO, from my perspective, is patience. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the next thing that I usually talk to my clients about is, okay, now we've got this up and running and we need time to, because these other guys you're competing with have maybe had a site out there for 10 years and yeah. they've been working on this and getting these results and rankings. And you are trying to basically push them out of the way. And so that's not going to happen overnight. And, and it shouldn't because now, you know, once you have that ranking, you don't want anybody to push you out of the way instantly. So talk for a minute or so about like, why is it a long game? What What is behind all of that? And why do people need to be <laughs> kind of really taking an ounce or a pound of patience? Right. The, the first thing, and, and this is really going to bore some of your listeners to death, I think. But the, <laughs> That's the way... a great intro. <laughs> Yeah, don't bother listening. If you need to go and make yourself a cup of coffee, do it now because I'm going to be about 45 seconds. You could get the kettle on, you could come back. That'd be perfect. So the the way the Google bot works is its job is to start on page one of the internet and go through to page 18 and a half billion or wherever we are and then go back to page one again and see if anything's changed, basically. And so when the bot views each version of your page, each page of your website, it takes what's called a snapshot. So it, it sees the code. It doesn't see the website the way we see it. It sees the code that's in there behind it. And it takes a snapshot of that code and puts a date stamp next to it. So the, the date and time that it saw it. And when it comes back to that page three weeks later, if that page hasn't changed, then that timestamp doesn't get updated. So every sort of three weeks, your website essentially gets one iteration older and older and older. Now you can go through half a dozen of these iterations and it doesn't make any difference to you at all. But if you start going through dozens of iterations, then actually what happens is Google is basically starts displacing you with content that it sees as more relevant because it's more up to date. And this is why like blogging and creating content are such big parts of SEO. Because if you, if you think about how we can use a blog, so we write a blog on our 
site. And that's about a targeted keyword. It might be a long tail or short tail keyword. And, you know, there, there could be a whole load of uh, whole load of uses for that with, within the blog itself. But the blog then also appears on a news page. So that, that updates not only the blog page, because we've got a new page that's been added, but it's now updated your news page. And then maybe you feed your latest news onto your homepage. So then when Google sees your homepage, your homepage has changed. So that, that's now got a new timestamp as well. And then, I don't know, maybe you then feed blogs onto some of your category pages or, you know, other products or services or whatever. So those pages get updated as well. So just by creating this one piece of content, we've automatically gone and updated maybe four to six different timestamps on your website, all from hitting the publish button on one piece of content. And that's the, that's the you know, that, that's kind of the way that it kind of ripples out. So that's the first thing that takes time is that we don't know where the Google bot has been, has last looked at your site. It might look at it tomorrow. It might have only looked at it yesterday. So the change that we've made might take three weeks to even be seen before it then gets processed, before it then appears in the search results. And it's doing all of that with all of the other sites that are ranking for the same terms. So you're in this kind of ever moving kind of um, mire, I suppose, of of data that's being processed backwards and forwards. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is you're dead right. You know, some people that will have been ranking for particular terms will be have been doing it for a long, long time. They will have lots of content. They will have they might even have their whole business geared around just one term that you're trying to rank for. So right. it, it's kind of like a, a, a David and Goliath type situation. So you're ultimately if if you play the game and you prove to Google that you are as much of an authority, if not more of an authority on something than they are you will overtake them. But that's now a part of the game that's actually not set by you. It's not even really set by Google. It's kind of set by the competition because they've right. gone so deep into this that they have, you know, they, they've kind of mined their own little pocket in the world for it. And that, yeah, that and is going to take Yeah, like got media appearances, like say they've been on CNN or whatever, and then they've got those votes coming in for, you know, let's say they have a certain practice area, and they've got all this news and, and supporting media that's coming in supporting that, like, that's going to be a really tough hill to climb. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've kind of you've kind of alluded to backlinks there when you were, talk, were talking yeah. about that. And that's not something that we've we've sort of mentioned yet. But you know, links coming in from other parts of the internet. And links are the way authority is passed around the internet. If you think about it wasn't that long ago that having www at the start of your web address was the the trendy thing to do or the the normal thing to do and <laughs> yeah. that that actually stands for World Wide Web. The web is created by these links linking pages together and saying right so you know this page over here is about this and by putting this link in place i'm endorsing that page on this topic you know so that that's essentially what what a link really does in real terms and if you've got links or if a competitor has links as you say from somebody like cnn or in in the uk we might say the bbc um or <laughs> whoever the, the the new york new york times it can be it can be from anywhere there was a cnn version in 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 the uk isn't there like you yeah yeah we, no, no, nobody watches it because we have the bbc i mean gee so yeah so that but that they they have that kind of endorsement going on essentially that's that's what's happening and 
you you are up against needing to compete with that level of endorsement on top of that level of content and whatever that they've got that all feeds into their kind and the of history authority and, profile. Yeah. yeah and it's just it's the long version the long story that you have to be in for the long game and you know the idea of there being this quick fix and these shortcuts it's just not it's not going to work and ideally you're building a law firm for the long game anyway like who wants to build a law firm for 6 months that makes no sense mm. so the marketing plan and the seo plan and all of those things need to consider that long game and it's i almost recommend to some people who are especially anxious about it that you just just don't pay attention for the first 6 months or so and then when you start to get those results roll in It'll all look good. But those first few months, you're going to be nervous and you're going to wonder if this is worth it. And we're still working on it and we're, you know, getting all of that groundwork going. But, you know, you're you're starting the race later than other people. So no matter where you are, whatever practice area you're at, you're you're entering this marketplace that other people have already been in. So, you know, you've got to kind of get your grounding and find find your place to make some some traction. So Pete, tell me what book you have to recommend that relates to all of this. So the the book that I'm going to recommend is, um, it's the book of a business mentor of mine, actually, that he released a couple of years ago. It's called Rise of the Youpreneur. And it's, it's essentially a bit about a manual of creating a business around you. But actually, the... The, the sort of principles in it are just good business. That's what I really liked about it. Oh, they were, nice. They were just good business. And they, you know, in terms of making relationships and strategic partnerships and, you know, getting basically a, a understanding or admitting to yourself that you are not a master. What's the what's the phrase? Be a master of one thing, not a jack of all. Uh, no, not a jack of all trades. That's it. That's so don't, it. don't be yeah. a jack of all trades. And understanding that, you know, you have your specialisms and actually getting people that are specialisms in other areas to work together and, and collaborate to make your thing better it's a it's a brilliant brilliant book so it's a, a book called rise of the youpreneur by chris ducker and i love it the, uh, this topic comes up almost every day with people who i'm talking to where we talk about you know different versions of finding your strengths working towards those strengths but more almost more specifically not wasting time on your weaknesses so mm. for me i know that i have a specific kind of personality that is very action oriented, I like make a plan, I execute the plan, but I am not the one that is going to be the soft, fuzzy, emotional one that is really good on that um, kind of working front and and center with the client like i i'm i'm great when it talks when we're talking about strategy we're we're talking about the plan we're talking about the design and all of that stuff but when it comes to all of those follow-up things and making them happy and all that's just not my cup of tea which i assume you say over there and so i have to hire someone for that because i know that it will always be at the bottom of my to-do list it will always be the thing that i look at and kind of you know makes me feel you know i just hate doing and so I need to take those things off my list, not in a way that I do it, but that I find someone to help me out with that and kind of fill in those gaps. So I feel like that's a really important kind of entrepreneurial lesson that we all have to learn the hard yeah. way sometimes. Yeah. And, and look, let's, let's face it. None of us go into business to make life difficult for ourselves. I mean, exactly. you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I want to go into business because I want to do my tax return every year. I mean, <laughs> right. who, who the hell thinks like even accountants don't think like that. 
So, yeah, absolutely. You know, you have your skill set, your expertise. Now, yes, you need other functions to happen in a lot of cases for your business to work. And and that is fine. But then go and find a specialist in that who really finds, you know, writing your tax return, it really switches them on, you know, do go and find somebody else to do that. I've never understood people that want to make life hard. (laughs) No, it's kind of like that, either that fear mindset or that scarcity mindset, like they feel like they might not have enough money, they're worried about spending that that extra hundred, you know, whatever your dollar format is. And you know, they're coming at it from like fear and scarcity. And that's never going to build your business. That's only going to shrink everything down. So that sounds great. We will link to that book on the page so that everyone can give Amazon a little more money. (laughs) <laughs> it's all right i'll ask i'll ask chris to give me a cut of the profits it's fine he'll give you half of your your penny the penny that he gets from amazon or whatever it is yeah i won't spend it all at once i promise yeah be extra careful with that well pete thanks so much i know this is a topic that i talk to clients and potential clients about all the time and it really cuts through the fog of the the misunderstanding and the the misleading information that's out there about SEO that keeps it really clear, clean and, and logical about how to make the right decisions and think about it in kind of a long-term way. So thanks again for being here. I appreciate your time. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Been a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for listening to this episode on the CouncilCast podcast. I know that by implementing what you heard today, your law firm will achieve more. Be sure to visit the website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on this episode. If you enjoyed the episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.